Hello and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. Uh, we're talking today with John Trask, owner of Strategic Meeting Tech um, at strategicmeetingtech.com. Uh, one of uh, our go-to experts for all things tech for years. Um, and we're gonna be talking um, about uh, how to save some money on AV and some big news from CenturyLink uh, that happened today. Uh, welcome, John. Oh, thank you very much, Tyler. It's great, uh, great to be talking to you. So, why don't you uh, let our uh, fill our listeners in on, on some of your background, really quick? Well, um, I've been uh, I've been in the AV business, really, in the meetings industry for about thirty three years, something like that now. And uh, started out as a hotel tech, and then uh, moved through a whole variety of positions. So uh, it it was kind of a good thing because I got a real variety of stuff. I've done conventions. I've done large you know dealer meetings i've done small things with 30 breakouts you know small rooms with 30 breakouts so a little bit of everything over the years and uh just been uh, been lucky enough to work on a lot of interesting shows and a lot of interesting places uh with clients a few years ago i went out and got my cmp and then i also got my cmm so uh, i've moved a little bit more into the technical direction and uh helping helping people sort of get the strategic bang out of their audiovisual, um, being able to leverage, you know, over multiple shows and things like that. Well, speaking of, of, of big bangs, uh, the big news right this morning, and our IT guy alerted us to us uh, to it, is that uh, CenturyLink is down in many parts of the country. Um, and it's one of those things where, well, there's got to, you know, what's the meetings angle on this? And I can imagine, uh, you know, the horror that you're having a big meeting and your internet all of a sudden doesn't work, your phones may not work. And my first thought is, well, how often does this happen? It's not really something you can plan for. I guess you just take the brunt of it, but uh, you might have some uh, more informed opinions on that. Well, I mean, I always talk to people about the what ifs on, on any meeting. And, and certainly not having internet access is one of those what ifs. And, and if it doesn't happen, it leaves you with a challenge. What I've always suggested to people going quite a ways back is to consider first um, having a localized backup. If you have something that you're required to show your audience, it's a, it's a part of your program and you really can't be without it, you need to have a local copy of it because internet can be touchy in, in some facilities. You can have a building, just the building itself go down. And I mean, there are ways around this, but it's a it's a matter of scaling the cost and scaling you know how important it is to the program. But at the very minimum, if you go through and either get a localized demo version of it from your IT or from the people who are preparing that material, or you can, do something as simple as go in and take screenshots and mm -hmm. simply put together a quick PowerPoint with the screenshots. So maybe you can't do the thing that you do online live, but you can at least show people, these are what the screens look like as you go through the process. And that's pretty much the same thing anyway. And it, it, it makes it a lot safer because you're using something that you're not relying on anything outside the room for. Yeah, and I, I would think that uh, planners need to let their speakers know to do that. I mean, that's probably a, a first line of defense to make sure. And then also probably to have the speakers, of course, turn in the presentations to the planner beforehand. And then I guess yes. maybe the planner could just take care of that. 
Yeah, we've we've done a lot of things to try and deal with that because the showing up on site with uh, with the program can breed a lot of chaos. Uh, and yeah. we, we actually had one show where we just insisted that every speaker had to check in at the speaker ready room. And we had a, a graphics person there who would mm -hmm. take any updates from them, make them verify their program was okay before they went to their room and then mm -hmm. send it out via an intranet within the hotel uh, to the to the meeting room. So the program didn't even come locally within the room. It came from our speaker ready room and was uh -huh. pushed out to each room. That way we had a way to go over with each speaker all of the details that they had to follow and make sure that their presentation was signed off on before they ever got to the room. And then I've also heard uh, for cybersecurity, it's good to, you know, keep all those on a thumb drive and mm -hmm. not rely on an, on an internet, open internet network. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, people can people can hack just about anything. So if it's very sensitive material, yeah, it's good not to put it on the internet, but it's also good to uh, to be able to have it in the room and prepared and waiting for the speaker when they walk through the door. So we're trying to we're trying now. Is there uh, can a oh sorry can AV companies sort of have a backup internet uh, backbone? I don't know if that's the right term in place. So. Uh, you know, how is there, do AV companies, can they create redundancies, I guess, for a price? Um, for a price, almost anything can be worked out. I mean, oftentimes if something is vital, you'll put in a second uh, internet line just in case the first one goes down. So a possible uh -huh. version of that would be, be to do something through cellular service uh, because, mm. you know, you can always right now get data through your phone. Um, so... In an absolute worst case, you can use your phone as a hotspot, connect something to that, and be able to reach out if maybe the the actual internet service is down. And so yeah, you're, I guess you look for someone you make the call out. Uh, who has AT and T right. out in the audience? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or or at least in, in, within the crew, because uh, you know that might yeah. be something you can do there. And 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 this is something you probably again, it, it's always better to plan these things in advance, even if you don't have to do them. So if you kind of right. know that you have this vital, critical piece that involves being able to reach out to the Internet, then then have a have two or three, you know, if A, then go to B, if B, then go to C and know where you can go with worst case scenarios. I mean, you can say the same thing about power. Um, I, ha I had a yeah, meeting once exactly. where we uh, we didn't the house told us that they had a certain type of power that they didn't have a certain level of amperage and a certain way that it was configured and we couldn't access that when we actually got to the building and it was for a, a large meeting it was in an arena um we ended up bringing a generator outside and, and weirdly on this particular show why i remember it so clearly is there was a traffic accident right before the show that took out the power grid in the area we were in <laughs> and oh. the audio in our room kept working because it was on a separate generator <laughs> This is back in the days when you separated lighting and audio because of um, the buzzing and, and possible ground problems between them. Things are a little cleaner yeah. today, but um, at this time, you, you really had to have, especially a PA system for an arena, on a separate, uh, a separate service completely. So with this generator running, we actually kept the meeting going. We didn't have lights for a while, but uh, we were able with a good DJ to kind of keep the audience engaged and, and keep everybody happy. And all the food was on warming trays 
with sternocans under them so people could keep eating. And we kind of got through the worst of it simply because we had a generator there. Do you think most major facilities have, uh, you can rely on them to have that sort of a, in their pocket to take care of business like that? Not off the top of my head, no. It's usually really something that your technical guys are going to talk to you about and, and bring uh -huh. the generator in. I mean, there was, there was a hotel, and this is going way back, um, 25 years or so, but there was a hotel when I worked in San Diego quite a bit that just had very unstable power. And so mm -hmm. as a course, we would recommend to the client as they would go in there, let's just bring in a generator now and not risk, um, not risk your meeting. And we'd set the generator in the loading dock and run the cable to the ballroom and then run everything off of that generator instead of off of the hotel. So your backup was your first line of uh, operation, yes. huh? Yeah, just because we had had bad experiences and we knew others who'd had bad experiences. And, you know, when you when you learn something like that within an area, you, you just try and solve it, obviously, in advance, whether it be bringing something in or avoiding something. The same thing in San Diego with all the naval activity. We used to have a lot of trouble with wireless mics when they were on a different band than most of them are now. And, yeah. uh, you know, we I mean, you, you would think major, you th would think major facilities would have all that equipment ready to take care of business, but uh, maybe I'm, uh, um, I'm not giving them uh, credit, <laughs> giving them too much credit. Yeah. Well, and I'm talking about also things that happened quite a while ago. So, yeah. you know, there, there are a lot of facilities that are a lot better prepared maybe than some were in the 90s. But yeah. again, it's something to be aware of and, and ask the questions going in. Um, I, I used to yeah. say a lot that, you know, a lot of my job was worrying about things that could happen and stopping them from happening. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, <laughs> if you can if you can come up with what you think the problems might be, then when you're hit with something new, you've got time to deal with it. Because if you've dealt with any of the other uh, possibilities that might be coming at you. I'm sorry, you dropped out there. Oh, um, I, I said, it, you know, if you've dealt with as, ma as many of the possible things that can go wrong in advance, you'll have that yeah. in your pocket. And then if something does go wrong, either you have a solution or you have more time to deal with it because there's a little less stress from, uh, from whatever is going on because most of the things have been taken care of. What would be like, uh, you know, maybe your top five or so things that planners should think about uh, before you know, they go into a facility just to have fail safes. Well, I, I used to have a kind of a, a, a little worksheet that I would tell people to, to do a site survey of the room. For, first off, the site survey, if, if you can bring your tech guys in with you on the site survey, they're going to help you tremendously. So if, mm -hmm. if you do that first, you're going to get some expert opinions. You're going to get people who are doing this stuff every day. And they're going to look at the room with a lot different eye. For uh -huh. example, I care where the loading dock is a lot more than most planners would. But the reason I care about the location of the loading dock is because I've got to get all of the equipment out of a truck and into the ballroom. And if it's an right. exceptionally long or torturous walk or requires two elevators, that takes more time. Time is money. You're going to have more people for a longer time setting up and pushing things into the room. So knowing where that dock is matters, but it's not something that people necessarily think about um, when they're just looking at the suitability of a room for their meeting. 
Uh-huh. Um, as far as other things, I would I would try and get in writing um, the production guidelines for the property if they have them. Particularly, uh-huh. so ask for ask for the production gu- guidelines from the property. Yes, particularly if um, you haven't signed the contract yet, because you want to uh-huh. know what those rules are. For example, if you have an outside company that you like to work with. Um, there are hotels that put restrictions on bringing in outside AV. So you want to know that Uh before you contract with them and find out what flexibility you have within your contract um, to deal with that. And obviously, if you've contracted with the hotel and you're locked in, there's a lot less leverage in that discussion about what you would like than if you've dealt Mm -hmm. with it in advance and realized that it's a point of negotiation. And um, a hotel may be willing to waive some of those rules at the negotiation stage to get your business. Whereas if they've already got your business, they do have the rules they've set up for reasons. And the production guidelines should detail most of that. One thing production guidelines don't always detail that I would like to go deeper and tell people to get is get the costs of rigging and power. And not the cost of those included from your in-house company, because sometimes that's a point of leverage with the in-house companies. Oh, we're going to charge you list price for power if you use an outside company, but we'll waive those charges if you use us. Very common Mm -hmm. thing that happens. And honestly, um, you want to be able to look at those charges and understand what they are and be able to negotiate them before, again, you're contracted with anyone. So having having that right. data in front of you is very helpful. Um, so any other uh, yes. uh, great uh, cost-saving tips uh, for AV? Well, rigging and power can both be um, a, a very significant part of your budget these days, and you need to be careful about what capabilities are in a room also. Um, there are rooms that you just can't hang in. Or there are rooms that the chandeliers interfere very much with your projection or your lighting. I'm sorry, say that again. There are rooms that have um, like no place to rig or rooms that right. have uh, chandeliers that interfere with your sight lines or columns or pillars in them. So you need to be aware of all of those things because uh, those require us to work around. Um, right. You know, if you if you can't hang anything in the room, it makes us do our audiovisual in a different way than if you can. Um, and that's something that every property is unique and different. So you really need to to understand both what your meeting is going to require or want to have, and what's uh, a- available to you within the property. Mm-hmm. And then, um, how about uh, labor? Concerns. Well, there's there's one thing that's always a question with people are about union, um, and there are a lot of properties that will have union contracts. So you need to understand who does the who does that work and what the rules are. And I've found um, something that I've I've recommended to a, a number of customers in the past is I find a, a labor service because in most markets with um, a large union uh, contingent there'll be a labor broker and that broker will be the one who can actually work with the union, get the proper labor for your show and have it sent mm-hmm. in. When it, w- the way I've expressed it to a few people is like, if you're in a city, like let's say San Francisco or Chicago, you're going to have really good guys available to you through the union. And you're probably going to get the same crew, no matter what company you hire. 
because if it's a yeah. union property, they're all going to be coming from the same place. And the difference is really going to be in who manages them. You know, who's your project mm -hmm. manager and who's the company that's, that's in charge of things. So quite often it's the same labor showing up, whether you hire company A, company B or company C, you're pretty much going to get the same guys on your crew. Mm -hmm. um, well, and and uh, having somebody who understands that stuff is vital because in Chicago, you can deal with five different contracts and five different jurisdictions in one property. And each uh -huh. of them have a different contract. So knowing when meal breaks are or when overtime comes in or what short turn is, um, having an expert in your corner on those sorts of things can be uh, really a lifesaver. And it just keeps you from making a lot of potential bad mistakes or things that will cost you a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Well, excellent. Well, we're getting near the end of the podcast here. Is there any other sort of uh, essential tip uh, AV-wise you think uh, your uh, planner colleagues should know? Well, shop around. Talk to uh, different, different suppliers. Um, get quotes from a few different places if possible. And um, understand what those quotes mean. You may need even some outside advice from it. Don't just take last year's gear list and hand it to everybody to bid. Um, uh -huh. And then when you sit down to compare those bids, look at them side by side and try and pick out a few pieces and try and understand why somebody might have done something different. You, you might see a projector, let's say. One company has a projector that costs $750 and one has one that costs twice as much. You mm -hmm. can probably look up that projector through, uh, through a search on the internet quickly and, and get a sense of the specs. And you're going to start to see, okay, well, maybe the $1,500 one is three times as bright as the $750 one. So now you, your question to both those companies can be, why did you pick that? You know, what's the mm -hmm. reasoning behind your choice? And let them explain to you, oh, I think you need it for this reason. Because there should be a reason that they've put each piece of equipment on there. And you may not go through every single line item, but you can pick out some highlights and you can get a sense of what people are expecting from your show. Because maybe the company that picked one or the other of those choices simply picked it because of a misunderstanding. Or they, they don't have a clear picture of exactly what your room and audience is, needs to get and right. when you have that discussion with them you find out oh no you, you can clarify this is what we really need from the meeting and and hopefully then their choices can be shaped and evolve into something that's more directly appropriate for your your actual room full of people as opposed to sort of the standard room that they're used to getting well excellent well thank you for joining us today john i appreciate it Oh, it's been a pleasure. I, 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 love, uh, I love talking about this stuff after this many years. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, thank you guys uh, out there in listener land for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. Um, we've got a wealth of other podcasts on our website at meetingstoday.com uh, forward slash podcast or just through the webpage. You can go to our podcast navigation area. Um, so you can check out uh, lots of interesting podcasts of lots of interesting people on lots of interesting topics, all related to the meetings industry. Um, thanks for joining us today and have a great rest of the day.